What's up, guys? Welcome to the Box to Box podcast. I'm your host, Chop. Thank you for listening in. Let's jump right into it. All right, guys, so we're going to cover some of the transfer headlines this week. Um, a lot of moving and shaking, if you will, especially yesterday. Let's let's start with yesterday's news. So Gonzalo Higuain is no longer with Juventus. Um, he was loaned out to AC Milan, and that means Juventus get rid of his outrageous wages. Um, but Gonzalo Higuain was highly rumored to Chelsea, and I really thought that he was going to go there. I mean, it made sense. Um, but he said that he chose AC Milan because it, they wanted him more. He noted that Sarri uh, at Chelsea wanted wanted him there, but um, it, it there was just no enthusiasm from from Chelsea or the fans. So I guess he just had feelers out to see if there was really um, some interest there for him to join Chelsea, and he ended up choosing AC Milan, which. They're in a little bit of a mess right now. So I don't know if that was the best move, but it is what it is. I mean, he can be the guy there. Um, So I guess it's a good look, but we'll see how that works out. The AC Milan fans don't seem to be too pleased about it, but it is what it is. And then another move um, in Serie A, Leonardo Bonucci is back at Juventus after uh, wanting to leave and join AC Milan for for more cash, um, and I'm sure there were some alternative reasons there as well. Well, now he's back at Juventus. He wanted to join the Ronaldo party, and he's back. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how the fans treat him just about the way he left and if they accept him now. But, I mean, what a summer Juventus is having, man. I mean, they brought in Ronaldo. That just increases your chances to not only this walk Serie A by even more points, but possibly be the favorites for the Champions League. Um, they've also improved their midfield and defense with the signings of Emery Chan, Benucci again being brought back, and Zhao Cancelo. Now, for me, um, I think they need one more midfielder um, just, just to be safe. Um, but I, I think, you know, with Manchester City and, and Chelsea looking for another midfielder as well, and they're looking at um, Panic, uh, I, I just, I, they probably need to secure one more midfielder just in case he, he leaves um, or they get him to sign a new contract. Now, he's 28 years old, so um, it depends on what he wants to do. And as we all know, financial fair play could be a problem for Juventus because they are spending a lot. So again, the the Iguain move helps a little bit because they drop his wages onto AC Milan, but I can't see them making another big splash without selling um, a top player. So, but they're having a summer. I mean, for me right now, they could easily be, you know, the top team or at least considered to be the top team to beat for Champions League right now. Um, Serie A is definitely trying to make itself great again. They're, all the clubs there, Roma, Inter, they're in for, uh, it looks like, Luka Modric, which, you know, is the brain of Real Madrid's midfield, um, and that's my club. Um, and I'll kind of segue to that as well. So Real Madrid, 
kind of waiting to see what they're going to do, um, especially just with the departure of Ronaldo. Um, we're not really seeing the old Florentino Perez ways of, you know, grand signings, the Galactico signing. Um, and it's just it's it's quiet right now. Um, the the last Galactico, in my opinion, um, is Gareth Bale. And that was in 2014. So everyone thinks that it's time. I mean, especially after the World Cup. Um, is it Mbappe? Is it Neymar? Is it whoever? And, you know, those two names have came out and said that, you know, they're staying at PSG. So there really isn't a Galactico out there. I mean, yeah, I guess Eden Hazard could be considered a Galactico, but for me, I, I don't think so. Yes, he's a dynamic winger um, and can and can kind of do, uh, I'm not even going to say you can kind of do what Ronaldo does, but maybe what Ronaldo did his first years at the Bernabeu, but we're not, he's not replacing those 50 goals. Um, always in rumors with Lewandowski. Um, I really hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but there really isn't a Galactico signing out there for, for Real Madrid to do. And I appreciate what Zidane has built and just the way that the club um, has been investing in, uh, you know, um, kind of growing their their youth players. But when Ronaldo leaves and you're relying on um, Bale, who gets hurt, Benzema, who's very old um, and had a disappointing season, um, and now he's the third captain of the, the club, and it looks like, you know, they, they're expecting him to kind of lead the line as far as strikers. Um, and it looks like Borja uh, Maidorao is going to be, you know, the the serviceable, I guess, or super sub striker for, for Benzema. I, I can see why uh, Madrid fans are, are a little worried or a little anxious. Um, and now there are rumors that Luka Madrid wants to um, leave the club um, and and head to enter. We're loaning out. It looks like we're loaning out Teo Hernandez to Fulham. Um, there's just a lot of things going on, and and I I, I don't think we really know what to expect. Um, it's it, it there's a there's a smokescreen over Real Madrid's future right now, and everyone's just waiting for that big signing, and I I don't think it's coming. Um, unless it's Thibaut Courtois, but we don't really need a keeper. Um, Keylor Navas is good. He's serviceable. I mean, we've won, uh, you know, so <laughs> we've won a lot of trophies with him between the sticks. So I, I, I don't really know what the issue is there um, as far as the need to replace him right away. Um, it, obviously, I, I think Thibaut Courtois is better than Navas, but I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I don't know. Um, but this whole Luka Modric to to enter has a little bit of legs. Um, if he does end up following Ronaldo and Zidane out of the Bernabeu, um, there, that's going to be a big problem. Um, and I, I can't see Lopetegui really fixing that with Danny Savaios, um 
Marcos Lorente, I, I, I can't see that happening. Um, it's, I mean, we have Mateo Kovacic, but he's not Luka Modric. Yes, he's a great player, great young player, and he wants he wants first team minutes. But I don't know. So that that I, he's thirty two years old, Luka Modric, and Florentino Perez said that any club that comes after him would have to pay his release clause, which is like eight million, eight hundred million dollars, or something like that. I don't, it, it it doesn't matter what what it is it's it's high and it's not it's not really even possible for any club to to do um but i'm sure some clubs are going to be circling and try to make offers realistic offers and if it's a hefty fee at 32 you kind of have to take it right i mean yes again he's the brain of the team um but if somebody's willing to overpay for that um at 32 then i guess you got to do it um, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it just depends on how long of a leash um, and what Florentino Perez expects out of Lopetegui this first season. Um, it looks like they're just kind of having a fire sale and building for the future um, by selling their more profitable players. So um, that that's just what's going on in Madrid. It, it's, it's strange times right now because, one, Big players are leaving. Uh, Zidane left, our, our manager. Um, Ronaldo's gone. Uh, it looks like, you know, Luca wants to leave. Mateo Kovacic wants to leave, or at least wants first team minutes. Like, it looks like a lot of players aren't happy um, there, or they just want a, a different challenge. I'm, I'm not really sure what it is, but there's more players going out than coming in. And I think. Madrid fans um, haven't felt that in a while or haven't seen that in a while. So so that's that's me getting my club in. Um, and then just back to, um, you know, a lot of clubs that are kind of making moves. Um, Bayern Munich have gotten rid of, uh, well, I wouldn't say they got rid of them, but it, it looks like um, they will no longer have um, Arturo Vidal Um as he approaches a deal with um, Barcelona uh, for a 27 million pound transfer, that's kind of a steal. I mean, Vidal hasn't been like the Vidal um, recently, but he's still an impact player, especially at, at Barcelona, just how they kind of bring out a little bit more of their players. I mean, look at what they did with uh, Paulinho um, there in the midfield, and now he's gone. Um, so it's, it's a good signing if, if true, um, we'll just have to see what, what he has left, um, because Barcelona were definitely looking for a midfielder. They were looking, um, at somebody to, uh, fill in for Iniesta, which is almost impossible to do. Um, but I guess Vidal can kind of be that stopgap until they can either bring somebody up from uh you know their their youth ranks or find somebody um you know in the future to to kind of fill that role i know they were looking at uh N'Golo Kante. there was rumors that they were trying to get paul pogba out there uh Rabio from psg um to help as well but they've turned their attention to vidal so um he's 31 years old um, it, it, it definitely just looks like a shirt, 
a short term deal um and again until they find somebody out but um it's it's a good deal for for that amount of money um it's it's not that much of a shock i mean it is but it isn't um i just don't think vidal is the same player that we've seen in the early days at bayern munich but he's physical um and is capable of getting forward and scoring goals but um i i don't know if, if he can kind of turn into that technical uh, midfielder like an Iniesta to fit the role of, um, you know, what style Barcelona plays. So um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's definitely not the ideal midfielder for Barcelona. Um, but again, he's he's a good player. Um, so Bayern uh, miss out or I wouldn't say miss out, but they, they got rid of him again. Uh, Lewandowski has said that he wants to leave, but it looks like nobody really wants him, man. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Him and, and and Thomas Mueller just, I don't know. I don't think, definitely Mueller, he's overrated. But Lewandowski just, I think he just wants more money. Um, you know, I think he just wants to go to a big club so he can get more money. I don't think he wants to leave Bayern for trophies and everything. I just think he wants to get paid. Um, but what do I know? I, I don't really keep up with them, but I know Lewandowski has definitely um, wanted to leave Bayern for, for some time now. Um, and I, I probably Bayern are looking for a replacement right now. Um, it definitely shouldn't be Thomas Mueller. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with, with that. Um, again, and then just going back to um, Barcelona, kind of sticking with the big clubs today, guys, um, and just seeing like what kind of going overview of what they've done this summer and what they possibly could need. Um, going back to Barcelona now with, with the Vidal thing. Um, so they've kind of reinforced their team heavily this this summer. Um, they brought in uh, center back uh, Clement uh, Linley, uh, midfielder Arthur uh, Malcolm, um, just filling those holes left for um, you know from Paulinho and Iniesta and uh, Andre Gomes looks like he's pretty much out the door. Um, I don't see them using him anymore, but. They look like they are trying to build for the immediate future. Um, you know, it, they have they have uh, Coutinho. They still have Rakitic. They still have um, Sergio Busquets. So it, it just looks like they're trying to build for um, now and the future. And I have to give them credit. I mean, I hate saying that as a Real Madrid supporter, but they they're they're doing a good job. Now, what what's interesting is that with the signing of Malcolm, it looks like they're kind of pushing out uh Dembele and there's rumors that you know, he could be going to Arsenal. He was last seen in a in a photo with uh Obama Yang um with his family um and everybody's making a big deal about that saying that Obama is trying to groom him and get him to come to to Arsenal. Um, and look, I mean, it, it was seen, uh, this past season that, um, 
Dembele and and uh, Valverde just just didn't get along. Uh, you know, it, he didn't really get a lot of chances in the first team. Um, maybe towards the end of the season he did, but it just looked like they they just butted heads all season. Um, but again, Barcelona have re- reinforced. I think their best signing still is uh, Linley. Um, however. Arthur is looking pretty decent from what I've seen in in the preseason from them. Um, He could be uh, a a big value signing um, if he turns out to be the the midfielder that they're they're hoping it will be. But with Linley and uh, Untiti, um, you know, back there together, that's going to be a nice uh, center back pairing for for the future one when uh, Gerard Piquet uh, decides to hang him up. Um, and sticking with La Liga, since we're on it, let's let's go to Atletico Madrid. They, other than Juventus, I think they've had one of the best summers too, and it's been quiet for them. I mean, I know they don't get a lot of attention um, above Real Madrid and, and Barcelona, but mainly in world football in general, just because a lot of people navigate to uh, the Premier League teams and the Bundesliga teams and Serie A. But Atletico Madrid have had a nice, nice summer they currently have a squad of 19 19 outfield players man um so that's that's small for a club their size now um but they're very they're very frugal uh when it comes to you know what they do in in the transfer window now a lot of people say they don't spend but they they spend don't don't get it twisted they definitely spend Simeone Simeone spends um, but they, they bring them in and then they send them out. Uh, it's kind of a turnstile approach, I guess. Um, they just let, um, Versalco go to, uh, enter on loan and they're looking to sell, uh, Kevin Gamero, who I thought would have a much higher impact there with pairing with, uh, Griezmann. Um, but that didn't work out. Um, it, it it's just... They brought in uh, Martin uh, Jelson. They brought in uh, Tomal Lamar. Um, they brought in Rodri. Um, this quiet business. Players that you would think, ah, it's not, not a big deal. But with this team, man, and just the style of play, um, they're also looking at uh, Olivier Giroud to come in there. Um, just... Just a lot of of business and rumors out there. Now they do need help uh, defensively, um, as their options kind of remain thin. Um, they they have Lucas Hernandez, but they usually play him out of position, sometimes in the midfield, just because again they they don't have a lot of of players. Um, but Atletico, you can never you can't sleep on them anymore. No one can sleep on them. Real Madrid can't sleep on them. Barcelona can't sleep on them. You can't sleep on them in Europe. Um, Simeone always finds a way. And again, I, I think they're having a quiet summer and people aren't paying attention. And once uh, European football uh, Champions League starts up and, and people get to kind of see them on a global global scale and, and see them against teams that they follow, they'll be like, okay, when did they get this player? And that's that's how quiet their their season is. They've kind of just done it as stealth mode, um, but they have a nice a nice squad. So, um, Atletico Madrid might be the surprise team um, in La Liga this this season. I mean, I still think Real Madrid is going to win. I mean, what what kind of fan would I be? But 
Atletico Madrid look look very serious right now. So let's move on to the Premier League real quick. Um, a lot of action going on there. Again, more money just being spent. Um, it, it's just, it's it's crazy, but we've already talked about that. So let's talk about uh, Manchester United and um, Martial. I mean, this stuff is just crazy. So it looks like Martial just... Martial and, and Jose Mourinho just don't like each other. And it looks like their relationship has just deteriorated, especially this preseason, since he wasn't there because he was back um, home um, for the birth of his child. And Manchester United have spent their preseason in uh, the United States. And Jose Mourinho was you know, saying things like he was unsure if the, the Frenchman would return. Um, and it just you know, they were finding him and everything like that. Well, he, he since joined back up with, with the club. Um, but it looks like Bayern want, uh, Martial and are willing, are willing to send, uh, Boateng and Lewandowski to United for him in return. Now that's a crazy swap deal, crazy swap deal. And I don't think Lewandowski wants to go to United to pair up with uh, Lukaku um, because Lukaku will definitely start over him. Um, but Jerome Boateng would definitely be, uh, it would be an upgrade for uh, United's back line. Um, you have Bailly, Lindelof, uh, Rojo is there, Smalling and Phil Jones. So Boateng will probably end up starting next to Bailly just based off of what they currently have. But again, Boateng, didn't look too good in the World Cup and hasn't looked good of late, but I'm sure he's better than what they have right now at, at United other than Eric Bailly. Um, and they're, they're obviously looking for a, a center back um, with rumors of them um, looking at uh, Harry Maguire and uh, Toby uh, Alderweire. So uh, Boateng's 29. He has the experience. Um Look, like I said, if you can do a swap deal like that, then go for it. Um, it again, it just looks like it the the relationship between Martial and Mourinho is just it's just bad. Um, and Martial is only twenty two, uh, and he hasn't really got the the I guess the minutes um, for that he would like or a player like him should get under Mourinho and this happens all the time wherever Jose goes like he always finds a way to to this you know butt heads with with a either a young player or a proven player and they end up leaving it it's just it's just crazy how this always happens with him but that's that's a big deal though if if they do a swap deal for Martial for Lewandowski and Jerome Boateng I guess that would be good business for for both sides because like I said Bayern are old. Uh, Ribery would obviously be replaced by Martial. Um, it 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 would just work out for both parties. So we'll, we'll have to see how that that works out. But um, United definitely need to figure out what they're going to do with Martial um, and see if they can get some money with that. But again, uh, they're they just need a center back to to pair up with. Um, Eric Bailly, Smalling, Phil Jones, Lindelof, 
it's uh, those aren't ideal options to pair up with um with Bayi and and you kind of need a, a an experienced defender um to to solidify that back line so um we'll see what happens i mean you need depth in the in the premier league and it helps when when titles so um you know this is moves third season and the odds are out on whether this is his last season or not. It's it's kind of crazy. So we'll, so it's kind of surprising to see that he's not pulling the trigger on a couple of deals. Um, but we'll see what happens with this Martial deal. So um, interesting stuff with United and across the cross Manchester, moving on the city. Um, they look like they're just buying just to buy. Um, you know it. it I know they're kind of still stinging from missing out on Jorginho. Um, it, you know, they were kind of looking for him to replace uh, Fernandinho um, as the successor. Um, but we'll see. Um, Gundogan, you know, he might be asked to play a little bit more um, roles uh, under Pep's system, but the window's not closed yet. Um, it looks like they're looking to sign in uh, Julian uh, Weigel um, from from Dortmund. Um, he's 22 years old and plays in that deep lying role um, in the midfield that that Pep is kind of looking for. Um, he, you know, he can break up play and redistribute possession. Um, so if that happens, then that that'd be a good move. But other than that, I mean, other than Mares, who I still don't think that they needed. They're pretty much set, so they just need to find um, that deep-lying center midfielder. Um, it looks like Pep is just very anxious to to have that in his system. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're they're pretty much set. They're probably going to be in the top four again, and you know, I'm sure they're probably early favorites to to win the Premier League again. So, um, and then Liverpool. Ooh, they spent a lot of money. Spent a lot of money, man. Um, they spent over 150 million pounds this summer, man, on on four signings. So they got uh, Naby uh, and Fabinho and Shakiri and Allison. Um, but with all of that, there's still holes that that uh, Klopp um, needs to fill in in his squad, man. Um, it's just if anyone gets hurt like Firmino or Van Dyke, who are they gonna I mean, Daniel Sturridge or um I I just I can't see them being able to pick up the slack for, for their starters. Um even with Joe Gomez and, and Matt Tip, um it, it it's they can't have a lot of confidence. Um, so Liverpool probably just need more defenders, um, just to make sure that if any of them, their starters go down, they'll be able to fill in the gap and they should be fine. I mean, going forward, they're, they're fine. Um, but I mean, you do have storage. He's not the best sub out there. Um, so I don't know. I, I just can't see them bringing in another forward um, 
and and having to pay that money just to be a safe backup just in case Salah or Sané get hurt or Firmino gets hurt. Sturridge is okay. You don't have to pay a ton of money to bring somebody in. And then they have, uh, uh, what's his name, Dominic uh, Solanke. Um, so uh, they're okay. They just they probably need to just get some more uh, defensive options just in case they go down. But that's pretty much it for the for the big clubs on what their needs are. Again, um, Juventus, I still think have. Um, the best summer right now. Uh, obviously, Ronaldo is, you, you really can't top that, but they've been doing good business. Again, it's going to be interesting to see if they can stay out of the FFP sanctions, um, kind of like PSG. Oh, uh, matter of fact, PSG is probably who I should cover too. Um, speaking of FFP, um, there's a lot going on with this club, man. Um, there is now suspicion that the club has been using their their Qatari uh, links to secure um, sponsorships with um, that nation to kind of uh, circumvent FFP. And UEFA is now reviewing um, PSG's uh, finances uh, for evidence of mistrust. So there's there's a lot going on there with with PSG, um, and it it's kind of. It's it's unclear uh, if PSG has to sell um, some of their players now. Um, you know, Cavani. There's some interest there that that you know they might sell him just because of the the relationship that Cavani and Neymar have. Um, there's other players that you know need need to be sold to kind of counterbalance their their money from uh the Neymar and Mbappe uh deals. I mean, there was 400 million spent on Neymar and Mbappe alone. So uh yeah, PSG is looking is looking real funny in the light right now. We'll see if if UEFA um gets in there and and actually does something about this FFP stuff, man. Um, they just have a lot of top players there. Um, and it just look their books. I'm sure their books are cooked right now. Um, so we'll see what happens with this investigation and see if they have to sell, you know, a Cavani or a Gides, um, or a Mounier or, or somebody like that. Uh, but PSG, you know, they're, they're known for spending a lot of money to, reach the Champions League final. That's their only goal because again, they they walk league, huh? All the time. All the time. That's their league. Um so yeah, I, I had to I how did I forget about PSG? Um so that's pretty much it for for transfers, man. Just kind of recapping the summer and the top clubs on what they've done and kind of what they need. Just my opinion, but um Let's move on to this MLS All-Star game because this is probably the only time I will ever talk about MLS. And if you don't care about MLS, feel free to skip this part. Um, So MLS All-Stars face Juventus uh, and Atlanta. Um, Beautiful stadium. That Mercedes-Benz Stadium is absolutely beautiful. Shout out to the engineering team that did that roof and just the stadium in general. it's, It's a marvel. It is unbelievable. Um, they had a record crowd out there, um, which I'm sure MLS was happy about. So they had about 72,000 people out there. 
Um, the game was somewhat entertaining. It wasn't, I mean, it's still like, it's still funny to see like a league with all-star players. It's just so American and then bring in a, a top European, a European club and, and play them, but it is what it is. So the game ended one, uh, one. Um, so they went to penalties and Juventus were the better, uh, penalty takers and ended up winning five to three. Um, but I wanted to bring this up because if you watch the match, something really interesting and terrible happened at the same time. Um, this was another entertaining part of it, but they literally had an earpiece in the MLS keeper's ear, uh, Brad Guzan, and the commentators were actually talking to him during the game. Like the game, the ball was in play. And they were talking to him. Um, it was this. It was amazing and weird, and just fascinating to watch all at the same time. Like, I, I honestly, I honestly just thought um, somebody else was talking. There was no way that the keeper was talking to him, but he was. And they they put the camera on him, and Brad Guzan was answering the commentators' questions while the game was happening. Um, it was this. It was it was really weird. I, I I've in the past I've said MLS come up with all these gimmicks, um, these American gimmicks, man, and um, it, it it's just strange what they do to kind of bring in this American show business side of it. Um, but but it was entertaining. I mean, I I I haven't said that it was bad. I said it was weird. It was very weird, but it wasn't bad. Um, And I can kind of see this happening (laughs) a lot more in the in the future. Um, Maybe for like unserious games, there's no way anyone or any club or any player would agree to do this in like a Champions League or just any kind of tournament. But um, it it does kind of give you a little bit of you know, coolness factor, like, oh my God, they're actually talking to like a player while the game is happening. I'm getting some like actual perspective of like what the keeper is seeing from Juventus and what they like to do. Like he talked about how, you know, they were getting free headers and, you know, his back line needed to do a better job at defending that. And then when the interview ended, like Juventus scored a free header on the keeper like literally seconds after they ended questioning him on the pitch. Um, it was a strange, it was strange. I'll, I'll just say that, but it was, it wasn't bad. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't change the channel. I didn't want to change the channel. I, 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 it took me a while to believe like they're actually talking to this guy while they were playing, but it was a strange. And again, it was a new concept. It was foreign. So I didn't know how to feel about it. Again, it was, it was amazing and strange at the same time, if that makes any sense. But um, shout out to the MLS. I mean, they're, it's, it's getting better. The brand of football is getting better. Um, their business model is terrible. The playoff stuff and this, the way they handle these players and trades, uh, it just, and the, the, you know, expansion teams and, all that stuff is this, it's terrible business, but the product, the product is getting better. I mean, um, it's, uh, 
it's still a little top heavy. Um, obviously, you know, they bring in like players um, from Europe and put them on uh, either really good teams or, you know, desirable locations like uh, in L.A., um, Miami is coming up, um, D.C., Wayne Rooney's out there in D.C. now, uh, Zlatan is in L.A., um, so a lot of the, if you're not familiar with the United States, a lot of like the, the heartland teams or like the unsexy location teams don't really get to, um, get players like that. So obviously these teams make way more money because people want to come out and see a Zlatan or a Wayne Rooney or whatever. Um, so the, the business model is, is, is trash, but the, the game wasn't bad. Um, they actually, it looked like they were actually like really like Juventus was really playing and it looked like the most all-stars were keeping up with them. So um, it, it's, it's up and coming. So shout out to MLS for, for that, but just stop with these gimmicks, man, please just stop with these gimmicks. No one, no one cares. People want to just watch good football, especially here in the States. Like I, I don't really watch MLS, but I tuned into that because the draw was Juventus, not the All-Star. The draw was Juventus. I wanted to see them play. Um, you know, if it was like an MLS All-Star game, like where they took like East and West teams, I probably wouldn't tune in. So once it gets better, the product gets better, then I will watch an MLS All-Star East versus West game because I know, okay, they got really good players. But um, it is what it is. Uh, but that that was just a strange concept. I mean... I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that's something that we'll see in the future, you know, in like the Premier League or La Liga where we put an earpiece in like a a player, um, you know, a midfielder or a defender and have a moment where the commentators kind of interview him while the game is going on? That that is this. I can't see it, but I do want to see it. That that would be very interesting. Um, I don't know. That's. It's not really a gimmick, but it's kind of a cool idea. But I think it just needs to be polished a little bit better. So, um, but shout out to MLS trying new things, um, and shout out to you know the All Star Game actually being good. Um, so moving on from that, let's jump into a little bit of love it, don't love it. So I only got one voice message uh, here on Anchor, um, but I'm excited about that. Hey, one is better than zero. Uh, and I got it from a great uh, group of guys um, that have a podcast as well called the FIFA Ramble. Um, I've tuned in. You should definitely check them out. Um, some great stuff. Um, they actually do um, the podcast uh, live stream as well, where you can kind of watch them play some FIFA. Um, so shout out to them. Thank you for that. And we're going to listen to their love it, don't love it. Hey, guys, it's the FIFA Ramble here. Um, this week, we love Raheem Sterling playing football on a beach with some random kids that he saw just because he loves playing football and is a nice guy. And I bet that won't be in mainstream media. Um, we, we're we not loving this week. Jurgen Klopp bringing up Sergio Ramos versus Mo Salah again. Jurgen. You're lost. You're lost, mate. Just let it go. Let it go. Bitterness will get you nowhere. Keep up the good work, guys. Loving the podcast. 
thank you fifa ramble for that love it don't love it um so really good stuff there uh, make sure you guys check out their podcast as well man so um also make sure you guys send me your love it don't love it man it doesn't have to be football related just tell me one thing that you love about this week and one thing you didn't love about this week or whatever um so i'm gonna jump into mine so i have a lot of uh don't love it but you know i'm gonna start with the love it first so my love it is the english premier league is right around the corner we're literally like a week away um literally a week away um i I, i'm just glad that real football is back um the the world cup was a a wonderful appetizer i mean it wet the palate for a couple weeks but now with just silly season and seeing these premier league clubs splash to cash like liverpool um just spending so much money um and and trying to change the landscape of the premier league and and the the top four as well um with just the amount of money like the the league has in general from top to bottom um it's it's not gonna say it's unpredictable um but it does make it difficult to kind of figure out who's gonna finish where with it other leagues you kind of know who's gonna finish in the top four um i mean you can pretty much make a safe safe bet uh in syria la liga league uh and uh the bundesliga but the premier league um kind of you can't really be too sure about that solidified top four um that could that could change and and with that said i guess i can throw it in my love it um right now my early um premier league table uh predictions um are Manchester City finishing first. Um, I have Liverpool second. I hesitate with that. Um, because Actually, I, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say United second. Um, unless Moo just absolutely does third-year Moo, uh, which is probably going to happen. Um, Liverpool third and Spurs fourth. Um, I, I just... That's pretty much how I see it. Um, and again, the, with the way the Premier League is, all of that could change. All of that could just be tossed around and anybody could end up anywhere. But um, if you must know, I have uh, Chelsea at fifth and Arsenal uh, sixth. Um, those are my early predictions. Again, when the window is, is closed up, um, before the, the first kickoff, I will probably change that. Uh, but that's just how I feel right now. So um, my don't love it, my don't love it is what's going on with Real Madrid. I was going to bring up the Urban Meyer stuff here in uh, Columbus and, and bring out a little college football on a soccer podcast, but I won't do that. But you guys can do that. You guys can bring up whatever you want in this segment. Um I just don't know what's going on with Real Madrid, and I don't love it. Um, I don't love that Ronaldo is gone, and we haven't really found a replacement for him as far as 50 goals. Yes, I know we have Gareth Bell. I know that he is considered to be an elite player. I know this. But 
50 goals is 50 goals. And there's only two players that could really do that, and that was Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. And Gareth Bale is not in that caliber. Um, it, it's just, it's strange to see Florentino Perez be so frugal. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say frugal. It, maybe, I can't say safe. It's not, there's nothing safe about what he's doing. He's just, maybe he's just not sure. He's not sure who to spend his money on. He's not sure of the next Galactico signing. And I think, um, however, I do love uh, my manager and my favorite player, Zidane. I think him just leaving so abruptly kind of changed um, Florentino's vision of this season and the ones to, to come. Um, obviously, the Vinicius deal, uh, Vinny, as we are calling him, the Vinny deal was already set in stone and he was coming. Um, but there's still some issues that need to be solved. Um, you have aging players um, in Luka Modric, 32. Keeler Navas is up there. And with an Achilles injury to a keeper, I mean, I, I just I don't know how much longer he can stay in between the sticks for us. Again, I know I said earlier that, you know, um, Thibaut Courtois would be an upgrade and would be would be better than Navas, but Navas has proven himself and he's we've won silverware with him. Um, and until he shows that he's just completely finished, there's no really need to replace him right now. Um, but Marcelo's up there as well. Um, I, I just a lot of players are wanting to leave. Mateo Kovacic is unhappy. There's just a lot of unrest. And I know Zidane, day one, he was brought in to manage the locker room, manage the players' egos. Um, and he did that very well. Um, I know everyone talks about his tactics, but he got results. Um, no one can take that away from him. Um, but now with Lopetegui coming in and his, um, his resume only being that you know, he was pretty much successful at the national team level. Um, and with some of these, not even some majority of these players that are currently at Real Madrid, like Isco, Asensio, Odriozola, uh, Ceballos, um, pretty much uh, any young Spaniard, uh, you know, just uh, Lucas Vasquez, um, they all played with Lopetegui. Um, in some form or fashion, and it looks like that Flo is is trusting him to kind of build this Spanish national team through Real Madrid and and kind of pluck um, that team from the U23s uh, and under um, and, and kind of build around them, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with, but it's Real Madrid, and I know how fans are. I know how we get, and if we're, you know, looking at third place, Early on in the season, as a matter of fact, if, if if we start off the way we did last season under Lopetegui and there's no Ronaldo kind of to use that as an excuse like, oh, well, it's going to take time for him to get going. It's going to be really interesting to see how Florentino reacts to that. Maybe he splashes the cash in the winter window. Maybe he makes a change because he's brought in a Spaniard before and that manager, many of them. Um, and it's, 
it's not like Lopetegui was his first choice. Um, Lopetegui was almost at the bottom of the short list of managers that Florentino wanted to bring in. So we're going to see how this plays out. But that's my, I, I, I could do a whole podcast on Real Madrid right now, but that's my don't love it of this week. My, everyone's trying to make me panic or everyone's semi-panicking or saying that we should panic because of how we looked against United in that preseason game. Mind you, it was our first preseason, and United had played a handful of preseason games, and their season starts next week, so they're way more polished. So I don't know why people are up in arms about that, um, but it is what it is. So we'll see what happens, but that's my don't love it. Again, guys, this is my way to interact with you and for you to be heard and get your opinions out there and any football-related stories or whatever you want to talk about. Um, again, if you're listening on Anchor, send me a voice message. Send me a love it, don't love it, and we will feature you just like I did the FIFA Ramble on this segment. If you aren't listening on Anchor, shoot a tweet um, to uh, at New Ultra Media, New Ultra Media, um, and just put love it, don't love it as the hashtag. That's all you got to do. And we'll capture it and we'll put it on there. I'll read it off. All right. So that's just my way of giving you guys a chance to uh, jump on here as well. Because, you know, um, my opinion is my opinion and I, I, your opinion is your opinion. And I would love to hear yours about, you know, what, what you think, uh, you know, is going on in the footy world. So, um, yeah, make sure you guys do that. Thanks again. If you've made it this far, man, I really appreciate you listening. Um, make sure you uh, leave that applause if you're li- listening on Anchor or um hit the like button on whatever platform you're listening on. We're on so many platforms. Um, And again, make sure you guys check out the new Ultra podcast, all the episodes. We're on everything. Anchor, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Blastcast, Cast This, Cast That, wherever. Just type in the new Ultras in Google and you can find, we're even on Spotify. We're on Spotify as well. So there's no excuse for you not to listen to us or be able to find us. All right. So make sure you do that. All right. So until next time, man, next week, we'll have some Premier League football to talk about. Looking forward to that. Um, Probably won't be doing the Box to Box podcast, but we'll definitely be jumping on the original New Ultras podcast with the guys to discuss, um, you know, the upcoming season, Premier League season, and probably get you some results and just do a recap of what happened. So we'll see how that plays out. But stay tuned. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week.